Welcome into the Off the Post podcast. I'm Nick Dovion with my co-host Lucas Tashi. Today, we're going to be talking about the confirmed transfers that we've had since the last episode we had with you guys. Then we're going to be getting into some transfer rumors that have come up, uh, who's recently emerged for what players, and then we're going to get into our disaster starting 11, where we pick dra- uh, draft picks back and forth between Lucas and I, determining who the most disaster starting 11 can be. We hope you guys enjoy the show. What's up, Lucas? How's it going, Nick? We took a week break because, uh, I mean, it's the summer. There's not much happening, but there's the transfer window. And we didn't want to have a pod if there wasn't any confirmed transfers because it'll be like a quick 15-minute show. We wanted to give a full hour for the fans. Anyways, a lot's happened in the last two weeks, though. So, oh. How's your two-week break been? Have you been refreshing Reddit? I have all the time. I think I think it's crazy, right? Because we were going to record, if we were to have it, we were going to record like Thursday afternoon or Friday morning. And when we agreed not to do it, it kind of it was a good call because like Friday afternoon, all this crazy news broke out of all these players signing. So we really would have not had anything to talk about had we recorded a pod that morning. Uh, I mean, man, I'm excited. I don't know. A lot of great, great stuff has happened for for uh, for Arsenal. Real Madrid is still great, but I think in terms of Arsenal, right, they're in a lot of rumors for players. They're competing for really good signings, and uh, they made a great one this past week. So I can't be complaining. I mean, Arsenal have been going fast to get their transfers in. However. They could be getting hijacked in two of the uh, players that actually two weeks ago you said Rafinha would be confirmed by last week. No, no, no. I said I said Telemans and Jesus. So I was I was one for two. And Telemans, there hasn't been any progression there, has there? No, I think they agreed terms and then they're just like they've just put him on the the back burner until they sign other players. That's from what I understand. I uh, I think Vieira is also a player that can fill that void. So if they choose not to get Telemans, which I think I think they should, right? Because he's really good. But um, but I don't know. It's cool. It's cool. So we'll see what happens in July, right? That's where stuff's gonna occur the most. Yeah. I think the biggest thing this transfer window, the most exciting thing, is seeing Fabrizio Romano versus David Ornstein. Because we're seeing bomb after bomb from both guys. David Ornstein is a Premier League expert with the transfer uh, report and transfer window. He is the go-to guy. However, Fabrizio is all of Europe. He gets everything. England, Spain, Italy, anywhere, Fabrizio will have it. But Ornstein has literally lifted himself up into another level. So they're actually, I'm seeing Twitter battles between, not between these two guys, but it's between people who like Ornstein and people who like Fabrizio. And it's just so funny. That's the storyline we needed. Yeah, I agree. I mean, some of the bombs that have been dropped just that have come out of nowhere, right? Like Arsenal signing Vieira, Charleston this morning. Uh, The Chelsea just... Uh, agreeing to a fee with Leeds over Rafinha from nowhere, right? I mean, there's been some great, great news. Vitinha last night uh, for PSG. Yeah. It's just incredible to see. I kind of like, I kind of like the silence, but then all of a sudden chaos uh, with the teams agreeing signings and stuff when there's been no rumors of talks whatsoever beforehand. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. It'll end up being interesting. Uh, what players end up where? But I think we should get into the players that have signed that we know for sure are going to certain clubs since the last time we spoke. Yeah, let's do it. So confirmed transfers, Sadio Mane, we had mentioned him previously, but officially going to Bayern Munich. What a fantastic signing for them. Uh, Really great business. And I'm seeing because of that signing, there can be some players that are moving away from Bayern, but it's not players that we've previously mentioned in Lewandowski. They're still holding strong in Lewandowski, but 30 million euros for Sadio Mane, unbelievable business for them. 
Yeah, I think the relationship with Bayern and Liverpool are, was pretty key here, right? Uh, because Bayern sold Thiago to Liverpool for kind of a, a lower price, uh, mm-hmm. accommodated both the player and the club who really wanted to, to meet up together. Uh, I think that kind of in turn helped them get Mane back. And I think that was uh, was the key. I think he's going to be great for them, right? I think he, him, you know, Narby, Sané, and Lewandowski are a great rotating front three. And I think that they're going to end up playing really well together, whether Lewandowski stays or, or whether he, he goes. Yeah, agreed. I mean, and they also have the depth. They have... Serge Gnabry on the bench. They have uh, Muselia. Like they have uh, even Thomas Müller. If he doesn't play yeah. Yeah. attacking mid, like they just have so much depth in that position. Uh, man, it, it, I definitely think commentators are gonna get confused with Mane and Sane. <laughs> Very likely. <laughs> uh, the next two confirmed transfers. They haven't been announced yet. They haven't had the jersey reveal yet. But Arsenal signing both Gabriel Jesus and Vieira. Uh, two good pieces of business. And Gabriel Jesus fills in that void of that striker position that Arsenal has been in dire need for so many years. Well, I would say a year because Obama Yang was solid last year. Lacazette just wasn't cutting it. Gabriel Jesus is a is a player. And what's great about Gabriel Jesus is he's a player that Arteta knows very well from his days at Man City. So he knows how he plays and he knows what he wants to do. So he can definitely uh, leverage Gabriel Jesus to his strengths. So what was it, 50 million euros or uh, 45 million pounds, I want to say? Uh, yeah, I would say I would say it's 45 million pounds from what I remember. Yeah. Great, great bit of business there. Uh, still only 24 years old. Uh, yeah, if he gets into his stride, that front four is going to be very dangerous with uh, Emil Smith-Rowe, Gabriel Jesus, uh, Saka, and Odegaard with Martinelli off the bench. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree entirely with that. Uh, Vieira did get, I think, announced a couple of days ago, I think Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember, but he's going to be wearing 21. It's assumed Jesus will wear number nine. Uh, I like this signing for Arsenal. I like both signings for Arsenal a lot because they solve uh, a lot of needs, right? Jesus, like you mentioned, is going to be the starting striker with Inkedia backing him up. And then, uh, I mean, he does a lot of stuff, his work ethic, his uh, his involvement in the buildup, his dribbling. He can score as well, even though he's kind of inconsistent on that end. But I think it with him getting more playing time, uh, he's going to be a lot better than we think. And he can also play on the wing as well, right? So super talented player, really excited. The price, I think, is very good considering the striker's market. And uh, Vieira ends up uh, sliding in as well. He can fill in for Odegaard. He can play in the center of the midfield. He can also play on the right wing as well if you want him to. So I think Arsenal just gets another dimension of uh, flexibility in a season, right, where they're going to be five subs. So I think that's the the most important thing here, that like a rotating squad, a big squad with depth is really the, the more important thing here. And I think Arsenal are doing a good job of realizing that. Totally agree with you there. Moving on to uh, some other confirmed transfers. Calvin Phillips going to Manchester City for 40 million pounds. I mean, they're just doing great business so far. He's essentially going to be replacing Fernandinho. Uh, He's going to be that rotational CDM player that's going to go in for Rodri whenever Rodri needs a break or he'll, he'll be playing the cup games. But... I mean, great bit of business business there. It's crazy that City just went on to win the league. They almost won the Champions League, and they signed Erling Haaland and Calvin Phillips. Yeah, I agree with that. They made uh, drastic improvements this window just with two signings, and they're probably going to get one more in, too, before the window's over. Um, I th- and also their sales, right, the sales that they're going to potentially make as well, I think 
is going to end up benefiting them because it doesn't seem like they're they're going to really spend that much money out of pocket. They seem just very well run, Lucas. Yeah, they really do. Like their net profit is going to be probably around zero because yeah. if they they already sold Gabriel Jesus for forty five million, they bought Calvin Phillips for forty. So five, and then they're also they bought uh, Erling Holland for only seventy million. They're looking to sell Bernardo Silva. So that their price range is, I think, 70 to 75. And if they end up selling Bernardo Silva, then, I mean, that's net zero right there. However, there is potential talks of them looking to buy uh, Cursarello from uh, Brighton as well. So uh, really, really good bit of business across everything for them. Uh, Yeah, uh, nothing more to say about that besides I hate them and they suck. <laughs> uh next one, uh Richarlison. I have to say Richarlison to Spurs for 50 million pounds. I don't know where Richarlison's gonna play because they already have uh Kulusevsky, they have Kane, they have Son. So I don't know where Richarlison's gonna play unless they play a two-striker role. But man, Spurs are doing so much business this transfer window. It is insane how well they're they're doing this transfer window. Like Richarlison, they're looking at Jed Spence. They got Perisic in too. Like, wow, just wow. Yeah, I agree. I hate it. I think uh, I think with Richarlison, right? He he's flexible enough to play out wide and as the striker. So, uh, like I said, because depth is going to be so key this season, there's going to be some games where he starts on the on the wing. Uh, there's also going to be some games where he fills in for for Kane, right? So I I just think that it's going to be really good if one of them, if also one of Son or Kane gets hurt, it's it's like they don't miss a step, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think I think he fills a very very uh, needed role for Spurs, and I think that I mean it's a great signing. I I have no complaints. Fifty million pounds, I think it's a good price. Uh, I'm not going to hate on Everton for, for accepting that and put, making that transfer, right? Because I think he was going to go regardless of the season. So I like the price for them as well. 100%. Uh, this this next one is probably the funniest transfer window uh, transfer that's occurred. It's Lukaku going back to Inter Milan for a loan. From Chelsea. For a loan. I'm just shocked. Like, uh, I'm, like, stuttering a little bit because, like, I'm just shocked that this is actually a thing right now. Chelsea bought Lukaku for 115 million euros last summer. They realized he sucked in the Premier League, and they loaned him back. Inter Milan are doing just amazing work on this. It's unbelievable. Yeah, man. I, it's just how many times does Lukaku have to go to the Premier League uh, for a big club for 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 them to realize that it's not going to work for him, right? Yeah, right. It has to it, the system. Everything has to flow through him for it to work. He has to be the main piece, uh, like he was for Everton, like he was at West Brom when he was really young, for 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 him to flourish like that, right? But with Chelsea, that's not the way they wanted to play. And uh, with Manchester United previously, that's not also the way they wanted to play. He suits Inter's playing style, and I think uh, I think I mean A plus business for them, F business for Chelsea. I don't know what they're gonna. I don't know what Chelsea's really gonna do to fill that void, because it just it doesn't seem to me like there's a striker there that they can get unless they go over the top for for Lewandowski. But uh, it's just a dire market, and I don't know what they're gonna do really. Yeah. It's just unreal, man. Chelsea just got fully shafted in that. Yeah. Uh, and then the final two, two free transfers that have occurred. Uh, Pogba going to Juventus. I mean, he had the Pogback documentary. Uh, I don't even... I heard it was the worst like documentary ever, and it got rated a one star on IMDb, yeah. which is hysterical. So not surprised that he's going back to Juve. Surprised that he's going back for the uh, wages that he's on because United did offer those same exact wages. However, not surprised that he's going back. I mean, he's going to be a baller there. Serie A is like, he has so much room to work with. 
he has so much freedom. So he's and no eyes, like n- not as much attention. So he won't do as he won't. He was great for United, but he'll be even better for Juve. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with that. You know, he, he Pogba didn't. Uh, he, he honestly didn't live up to the hype, right? Because he was inconsistent. He had performances where he was great for Man United and performances where he wasn't. And I, I don't really blame him for that because I don't feel like they set up the midfield for him to, to thrive. Um, and the role that he's best at, but I think when he goes to Juventus, he'll definitely get that again. Uh, he's, he's playing in a system that he's familiar with. He's playing for a coach that he's familiar with. And I just think that it's a great signing by Juventus. You know, you, you get a world-class midfielder for free. Uh, it's always going to be an A plus signing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other free transfer, and I think this can be great for the United States, uh, soccer growth, continued growth. Gareth Bale going to LAFC, this was so shocking to me. It came out of nowhere. I did not expect Gareth Bale because he's still at the top of his game. He can still be a world-class player. Going to LAFC, I mean, fantastic for LAFC, fantastic for the MLS. Uh, really, really good stuff. I'm, I'm happy about this transfer. Yeah, I think it's a great transfer. He has options. Uh... He has essentially options till 2024. So I believe that's an extra two seasons. He's really using it to get ready for the World Cup. And uh, he'll determine what he wants to do after. I mean, I believe he always wanted to live in in L.A. And and he loved the vibe from what I was uh, remembering. So, I mean, I told you this before, Lucas, but it's now changed to uh, Wales Golf in L.A. in that order. And, you know, we'll go from there. I think he's going to be great. I think I think he still has a lot to give to the game. He's not super old. You can consider yeah. him, you can consider him age wise, like kind of around around his prime still. So I'm excited to see uh, see him play in the MLS. I think the MLS has really made some good signings this summer, and yeah. uh, and I've been impressed. I know we're not going to really get into it, right? But they signed uh, Cucho Hernandez from Watford, who's 23 years old, is an international player. I think that's an amazing signing for, for, for MLS. And if they continue to sign players like that, that are primarily quality players, uh, it'll, it'll only benefit the league and it'll only attract more of a higher audience. And then also Chiellini. They have Insigne at Toronto FC. They already have Shakiri in Chicago. So yeah. uh, really, really good stuff for the MLS. So those are the confirmed transfers that have happened in the past two weeks. But, I mean, there's so much more going on right now. There's people getting hijacked. There's transfers getting overtaken. There's bid after bid after bid after bid. Nick, where do you want to start with all these transfer rumors? Uh, I mean, you should start with Rafina, right? Because he is the, uh, the man of the, uh, the, the event right now. He's the person that everyone wants. You know, we hear, you hear like rumors, right? We know Chelsea are for sure in for them because they, they agree to bid with Leeds. Barcelona are also interested because they agree personal terms. And Arsenal is still trying to bid for him to match the terms that Chelsea had. So there's not everything that's finalized. Deco is meeting with Barcelona today and also, I believe, meeting with Chelsea. So uh, I don't know what will end up happening here. I believe they, they will probably reach an agreement and we will know what happens with him uh, by Monday, the latest, in my opinion. That's how I feel. Yeah, it's just wild. Like Chelsea going in and then the next day Barcelona come out and want want Rafinha. I think Rafinha, them, Barcelona saying they have the funds now to get Rafinha. I think that pretty much confirms that Frankie de Jong is a Manchester United player at the moment, but they're just waiting for the new fiscal year to occur. Yeah, That's my hypothesis. I'm hearing Frankie de Jong is nearly 95% there. It, all that they need to do is like the image rights, the agent fees. That's all they really need to do. So, I mean, so good for Barcelona and Rafinha if they get them, but also fantastic for Manchester United and Frankie de Jong. Yeah, so I, I do want to add to that, Lucas. I think people are probably wondering why... Is he gonna go for as much as he's gonna go, right? Fifty-five million pounds, and it's because he's a very unique player. He yeah. uh, he is essentially what I would consider personally uh, like a systemless player. 
where he can really fit into any system because of the qualities that, that he has. He's fast. He's super technical. He can score goals, right? He can play as a striker if you need him to. He can, I mean, he loves to play on the right-hand side. So he fills a lot of needs for these teams, especially, you know, the teams that are bidding for him, Chelsea, Barcelona, uh, Arsenal. I think ultimately if he was to go to Barcelona and you're looking at Rafina, Ferran Torres, and Abona Yang up front, you're looking at a really, really fast front three team. Uh, and I just think that it's going to be really interesting to see where he goes. Is he worth that price? I would say he's he's probably worth around 50 million pounds. So for, for three teams to be interested to, in him and for Leeds to get – 55 to around 65 million pounds for him. Uh, I don't think it's it's that far fetched because the demand for him is real. Yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of exclusive from Fabrizio Romano on Rafinha, Barcelona have contacted Leeds yesterday night to submit a new bid following mm-hmm. talks with Deco. Barca verbal proposal does not fulfill Leeds requests yet. Okay. Leeds are respecting the agreement with Chelsea. For 60 million pounds. So Chelsea have an agreement for 60 million pounds. Barcelona put in a bid, but Chelsea's bid is higher. Yeah. So so Leeds is essentially saying you have to just meet this bid in order yeah. for to agree. And I think that's totally fair uh, for Leeds. Yeah. Why would they settle for less money? They've already been offered 60 million pounds for him. You know, exactly. He's worth, he is worth 60 million pounds to Chelsea. He is. He is. Yeah. So he should be worth 60 million pounds to Barcelona. Real, real quick, since we're since we're on rumors, right? And F, FDJ is not uh, is not finalized, and neither is Tyrell Malasia. What a hijacking by Manchester United! To, that came out of nowhere, man. <laughs> and they they just come out of nowhere and just agree uh, agree a, a fee with Feyenoord, uh, and like basically are kind of just about to take him away from uh, from Marseille's hands, and I think that's nuts. Leon. Uh, it was Leon. Is it Leon's hands? Okay. I th- I just think it's nuts. In my opinion, uh, I think he's a sign that you guys needed. I don't know if he's going to start over Shaw, but you guys needed depth at that position because Tellez was not cutting it. And, yes. And, you know, and De Jong also fits another need for Manchester United uh, in, the, in the pivot role, in the defensive midfielder role, because he can fill that need, and he's probably best there. So... Uh, really good business by by Manchester United so far. I think you guys need probably another center back and a center midfielder uh, in order to feel good about about going into the season. I mean, let's let's get into another center back that United are being uh, in the in talks with Lissandro Martinez. Uh, uh, <laughs> Arsenal and United are both going after Lissandro Martinez, uh, center back, Argentinian center back from Ajax who he was Ajax's player of the season. So really, really good player. Shorter, uh, he is on the shorter side. However, he is a very, very technical player. He is very versatile. He could play left back, center back, CDM. He is a very, very good player. Eric Ten Hag knows him very well. But Arsenal currently have a bid in place for 40 million pounds. IX are waiting for 50 million pounds. They are in no rush to sell whatsoever. They don't need the funds. They sold a lot of players already and they got all the funds. But right now, they're waiting on 50 million. However, that bid has not been rejected or agreed upon. I think IX are waiting for United to put a bid in before they do anything. And United and IX have a really good relationship. Thanks to Edwin van der Sar, and thanks to Eric Ten Hag, and thanks to uh, Donny van de Beek, like all this connection between United and Ajax. So this is one that can really go either way. If Arsenal want to go in right away and get them, they likely can if they give that 45 million pounds. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree with you. I think it's a tough circumstance. I think, uh, I think, it's very well known that Ajax will not give up both of their center backs because they're both in high demand. They're only going to sell one of them. Martinez is the more versatile of the two. 
So that is why there's such a demand for United. He can play in the midfield, right? And he can also play in, in uh, the central defense, which uh-huh. solves which solves the need that you guys have with Arsenal, right? He's gonna get he's gonna get game time as well because he can fill in for left back, center back, and defensive midfield, which is a need that they need. And the the key to this, Lucas, is rather than signing three players to fill three different needs, you're signing one player to fill three needs. Yeah. That means that one player is going to get around 30 to 40 games every year, no matter what, because he's going to be in the rotation constantly. I think, uh, I think if you had to tell me uh, who would Arsenal rather have, they would definitely rather have Martinez over Rafinha because they don't really need Rafinha, right? Because of, because of Pepe still being there and Saka obviously taking a stranglehold on that starting right wing spot. They desperately need Martinez. So if they were to not get that, get him, uh, and United were to get him, it would be pretty devastating for Arsenal. I do think they can recover with other signings, but uh, he's he's a phenomenal player, and it makes sense why both of the clubs really want him. Uh, yeah. I think I think we both selfishly think that he will go to our clubs that we we root for. I think Man United have the advantage uh, very clearly. I think if Man United bid that the price that that Ajax wants, uh, then they'll get him. If they bid the same as Arsenal, though, I think it's up in the air and it's up to Martinez to decide because Ajax, you know, just from a business sense, cannot accept one bid of the same price and reject the other bid of the same price. I think if Arsenal and United both have the same exact bid. And the same wages for Martinez, I think Martinez will pick United because of his connection with Eric Ten Hag. Okay, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think we'll see. Uh, we'll have to see. I think this may not get decided in a, in a week, uh, but I, I don't know. We, we don't know. I mean, what United have done is the first transfer that they want to do is Frankie de Jong to con- be confirmed. Once yep. they have... Frankie De Jong confirmed. That's how they were able to get Malasia ball rolling, get it done. So they got him done. Now they're working on Lissandro Martinez. So I think everything is pretty much smooth sailing at this point once they have Frankie De Jong confirmed and they can get all these other signings that they so dire need. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Uh, And then, I mean... It's weird. It's, we're still continuing with uh, with United, but Christian Eriksen, quickly want to mention him. He's a, currently a free agent. He has two contract offers, one from United, one from Brentford. He currently has the option to choose whichever one he wants. What he's leaning towards, nobody actually knows. He wants to stay in London, so that benefits Brentford. However, United are giving him a higher chance at playing at Europe, which he needs and he wants. And Ericsson and Eric Ten Hag have a good relationship. So when Ericsson had the uh, cardiac arrest last year and he wanted to get back into fitness, he went to IX's trainings and Ten Hag let him train with the first team. So that's how he picked up fitness and that's how Brentford were able to pick him up afterwards. So Ericsson really up in the air. I think what he's waiting on is to see how United do in the transfer window and to see if they're actually committed to Eric Ten Hag before he decides. Because if United pull off uh, Frankie De Jong, Malasia, and Lissandro Martinez, I don't see any reason why Eriksen would not choose them over Brentford. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, I think I think Ericsson would would really thrive. I think the relationship he has with Brentford is different though because they gave him a chance. But I do yeah. think I do think he is a higher quality player than what Brentford uh, can do. Right? I think he yeah. is a Champions League level player. And so if he goes to United, it would be additionally more great business done by United. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. The thing. Uh, the thing I want to add before we move on, right, is um, is if they were to get Ericsson for free, right, that would solve a lot of their issues because the money they're working with apparently this summer is a little bit lower than usual because they want to sell players. So getting Ericsson for free is uh, is great business. I agree. 
and fantastic player too. So much quality. And it's a player that Eric Ten Hag trusts. So you got to get players like that. Okay, these last three center backs, these last three transfer rumors that we want to talk about. Matthias De Ligt, Nathan Ake, Jules Kunde. Nick, each player, where do you think they're going to go? Uh, two of them are going to Chelsea, for sure. Uh, wow. Yeah, two of them are going to Chelsea. I would say Delight and Ake are going to go to Chelsea. And I will say that Conde will end up going to Barcelona. Okay, I agree with Conde. I agree with Ake. I think Delight De- 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 is going to go to a City. Really? That's I saw Manchester City are in for him. Okay, that's nuts. I mean, he's he is a phenomenal player. Whatever price they end up paying for him, he's going to be seen as like over overpriced, right? Because uh, because of his claws. But I mean, he is quality, such yeah, good quality. Yeah. yeah. E- easily, in my opinion, Juventus is best player. I don't need to really think about it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. But also, I can see him going to Chelsea. And if, I, if Chelsea if Chelsea get Delight, uh and they get Raheem Sterling, they get Rafinha. And Ake. They're in for Ake, too. Ake, well, Ake, I don't rate Ake as highly, to be honest. But okay. I like him. I like him. But, um, but, but yeah. Also, he doesn't play. Yeah, I know. As often for Man City. I get it. I get it. But I like him. He was good at Bournemouth. So what, what can you do? He was good at Bournemouth. But then he had that big money move to City and he hasn't been he hasn't been the same. That's fair. Yeah. Either way, there, there's so much going on. I mean, there's a lot of players that we haven't even talked about. Neymar potentially leaving PSG. Like Raheem Sterling going to uh, Chelsea. Yeah. Like so many, so many players. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's there's so many rumors going on constantly. Oh, one other player that was confirmed that uh, we didn't go over, uh, or two players really, was uh, Newcastle United signing Sven Boltman and Nick Pope, right? Two. Yes. So so we could talk about them real quick before we go on to the, to the last topic. But two great signings for them solves uh, major need. Newcastle has done great business so far since they got taken over. Uh, it's crazy to me to to believe that they're going to be as good as they, they will be this season, but I think they'll end up finishing probably top of the top half of the table this year. I mean, they finished the season very strong last year. Yep. So, yeah, really, really think they're doing everything in their power to get back to the top. Uh, Nick, that's it for transfers and transfer rumors. All right, awesome. Anything we missed? No, I'm good. I'm good, Lucas. I think it's time we get into our disaster starting 11. <laughs> so I thought about this, right? So what Lucas and I uh, had talked about before we started the pod is we wanted to make a starting 11 of uh, high-profile players that were absolute disasters. So the qualification uh, of these players, and we're going to go back and forth picking the starting 11. So uh, one of us will pick first, the other one will pick, uh, pick again, and we'll just go back and forth. I think uh, the premise for this is we're going to do players for the past uh, 15 to 20 years, right? So it could be active and retired players. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be, I mean, they could be wild. They could be prima donnas. They could uh, be serious kind of uh, bad people, but good players. The goal is to just make a uh, starting 11 of football players who have some kind of, uh, excuse my language, shit going on. So, you know, we'll get started on the starting 11. Uh, Lucas, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first. Okay. So, so goalkeeper to striker, what are we doing? Yeah, let's do, let's do, let's do goalkeeper all the way up. Okay. So, so I'm going to pick, uh, I'm going to pick Donnarumma as the yeah. goalkeeper for the starting disaster 11. The reason why is I think what he did to his boyhood club is not cool at all, you know, does not, uh, you know, pretends like he's going to sign a contract and kind of alludes that there's going to be some kind of hope when in reality he's going to move on. So AC Milan does not pick up a transfer fee, even though they raised and developed him into the player that he is. Uh, he goes to PSG. 
Uh, he kind of, you know, he does not have a good season. He's not good with the ball at his feet. It's been very highly profiled. During the Champions League, I think it's quarterfinals where they lose to Madrid. He blames uh, one of the goals on a on like a ghost foul, right? Yeah, no, and no. and uh, makes it seem like it's not his fault when he made a terrible play on the ball. And also, there's, uh, I mean, there's this thing in his head where he just thinks that he's going to be given the starting number one spot at PSG. And I mean, he will be because they pay for him, but. He makes it seem like, you know, Navas isn't really as good as he actually is. Navas is a better goalkeeper than Donnarumma. There's no doubt in my mind about it. And I just think that he firmly deserves his place here in the disaster starting 11 as the goalkeeper. I love that. I love that. Uh, to follow up, going into the defense, I think we go with the three back. Three back de- defenders because there's not a lot of, like, psychotic defenders Okay. But this one that I'm about to name is probably the craziest one out of all of them. Okay. Pepe. Yeah. Absolute madman. Like, he has no no control over his body. He will do anything to get the ball. And I believe he has the most red cards uh, in La Liga. I uh, believe so. Is it him or it's either him or Sergio Ramos, which I'm sure either, either or, but like both of them are madmen. But Pepe, for sure, even at his age now, he has he doesn't care if he gets hurt whatsoever. He really thinks like he's invincible. But like he is probably the craziest defender I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, so he definitely goes into this uh, starting eleven. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I mean, uh, it's so... So I'll tell you... All right, so we're getting two center backs in here, right? I'm in between uh, Ramos and Matarazzi. Oh! Yeah, so so I don't know who to pick here. Uh, Matarazzi, just because he's... He's, man, he's one of a kind. He's antagonistic. He is crazy. Um... And Ramos, just because it's Sergio Ramos. And, I mean, both of them are known to get red cards a crazy amount. Uh, I don't know who to pick here, Lucas. Who do you think I should I should go with? I mean, I have Sergio Ramos on my list. But Mat- Materazzi is – that's a great <laughs> shout. The one thing with Materazzi that really just calls me out is the 2006 World Cup against France. What he said to Zidane – I think that takes him over the over the line for Mad Men. So okay. I'll, he deserves I'll pick Matarazzi. Right? Okay, huh? so I'll pick Matarazzi. All right. I'm not going to pick Sergio Ramos, though. Okay, don't I, pick him. It's okay. I would have. I would have. So I think in the third center back that we have here, and then we go on to the midfielders, we get John Terry. <laughs> <laughs> John Terry, he is known to shag teammates wives he has shagged his teammates wife and he ruined the relationship with uh his teammates in both england and in chelsea i mean yeah it's just it was a huge story and it really just he he deserves a place in this starting 11 uh yeah i mean i agree he's mild-mannered uh he'd probably get the captain's armband in the starting 11 just because he uh was that kind of uh that kind of like a leader on the pitch right but he definitely did some horrible things yeah in the dressing rooms i do i mean let's do some chemistry for sure 100 percent. some honorable mentions for for uh these defenders right rio fernand is one uh Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, Sergio Ramos is another. Do you have any others? Yeah, honestly, defenders, there's not a lot. So that's why uh, Sergio Ramos is uh, the other one. If we were going to go with a four, uh, you know, like a 4-4-2 or something, I would also give Ashley Cole a shout. Uh, Mm -hmm. Gallus is another center back who is nuts. Threatened to score own goals if Chelsea didn't sell him. and then uh, the other player I was thinking of is Bonucci, who has not had any off-field issues, but is crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's so crazy that, you know, someone tried to rob him at gunpoint and he punched him in the face and chased after him. Uh, but, I mean, I love him, so that's why I didn't want to mention him in this. 
I think this is a great, great defense so far, Lucas. So let's get to midfield. Let's do it. I mean, that's on you now. I think it's my turn, right? Oh, man. I mean, this is going to be so tough. But I, you know what? We're going to go with the Pogba, the Pogumentary. Pogba <laughs> deserves to be in here, man. The worst documentary uh, for soccer that I can uh, I can remember. Um, dude is just like so, so tunnel vision. It's crazy to me. I think he's just uh, he's just traumatic. He's had brush-ups with Mourinho. He sometimes tries, sometimes does not. And yeah. I, some of the crazy excuses that he comes up with just blows my mind sometimes. And so he firmly deserves to be in the midfield for our disaster uh, starting 11. It's crazy that two of the players that we've chosen already are Mino Raiola uh, agents. Like and it's he's in the Mino Raiola, and I mean this is not the last time you're gonna see a player that is that works with Mino Raiola on this list. Um, I mean God rest his soul, but yeah, it's there. It's something saying about that. So it's my turn now. Yes, I have one that is outside the box and one that is really. I mean, yeah, this is a given. But the one that's outside the box, and this is the one that has to do with his footballing ability and him being a madman on the pitch, Joey Barton. He's known to be yelling at every single player. He goes at every single crunch tackle, known to fight guys on the the pitch. Joey Barton is absolutely crazy. Former QPR player who literally is probably their most famous uh, player one of their most famous players, but Joey Barton, if you've watched him play, he's just insane. Just actually insane. He's played for Man City. He actually has 269 Premier League appearances, which is unbelievable. And I'm I'm reading now that he's the manager of a of Bristol Rovers. I don't know how he's become a manager. If he's the manager, like his teammate uh, his players have to be insane but joey barton madman mad 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 on the pitch yeah i mean i agree entirely with that i think that's a great pick uh i i love him in this situation he's an absolute disaster waiting to happen i feel like uh, so far any of the players that we have can get sent off at like any moment and i think it's it's incredible to me um Damn, so I really want to pick uh, Adrian Arabio from. Really? Yeah, because he is. He, it was him or Genduzzi. They both get honorable mentions if they're not included. Um, just because, you know, they play in the center of defense. They're both just absolutely terrible attitude uh, players, right? They, they have bad attitudes. They, Arabio's mom is his agent and she's crazy. Uh, and so. I don't know. There's just like a lot of things going on with them as well. But I, I think I'm going to refrain from picking them. What is what is our midfield? Are we doing four in midfield? Uh, yeah, because we're doing a three-four-three. Three. All right, we're doing a three-four-three. Three. Um, damn. Can I fit in? Well, you know what? I'll do Ravio. We'll slide Ravio at the at the left side of the midfield. Uh, his wow. mom. His mom's crazy. He is. He is a diva. And I just can't think of anybody right now that really comes up over the top compared to him. How about my guy, Ryan Giggs, who on the pitch, he's like completely normal, but off the pitch, he is a sex addict. All right. Well, if, okay. So if you're going to do that, then I'm changing my pick to Adam Johnson. Ah! Okay. okay, all right. I mean, but yeah, but we don't want to be affiliated with that, so we don't want to include him on this list. He's just he doesn't get the credit, right? He, he him, yeah, we don't want to give him credit. Not any credit, so we won't mention him. So I'll I'll stay Rabia. All right, sounds good. But Ryan Giggs, for those that don't know, he had an affair with his brother's wife for twelve years, and just I don't know how you do that. Like it's your brother's wife, like. Both sides is in, insane. I, I genuinely don't get it. Um, it's family. 
it, it's just disgusting. There's nothing more to say about that. But he's definitely the craziest person in terms of off the pitch, yet having a different personality on the pitch. Like, he's very calm, cool, and collected on the pitch. Off the pitch, he's psychotic. I agree. Uh, anything else that needs to be said there? Yeah, I mean, he, he's, uh, he's going to he, – he's uh, taken off of the Welsh team. He's no longer their coach, right? He has some domestic uh, violence cases going on against him too. And, uh, I mean, yeah, he's a total scumbag, total scumbag. We hate him. Uh, does not – you know, w- what he did on the pitch was great, but he has nothing else that's great about him. And that's all I have to say about it, you know. I think if we're – I think if we're going to offense, dude, I want to go to, I want to pick Neymar. I'm going to pick Neymar here because listen, this is the thing with Neymar. I, I understand why you'd want to pick Ronaldo here and I totally get it. But Neymar's like his documentary, it really didn't accomplish what I think he, he wanted to accomplish. It just seems like he's kind of like a baby, uh, how he behaved at like the world cup was was ridiculous right he just cried after every call complained after everything and then they got throttled 7-1 i think when he couldn't play right so uh i mean i just don't think i think he's so dramatic i think he's a diva uh i mean he's gonna be my pick i don't think i I like you can't come yeah you just can't complain about that um like i mentioned mina raiola clients are known to be crazy, but none bigger than Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Zlatan definitely deserves to be on this pitch. Fantastic footballer. He has every right to be this cocky, but he is off the charts arrogant, and I love it. Both me and Nick read his book, and it's actually so funny reading the stories that he's had. He's had scruff-ups with almost... All the coaches that he's had, uh, that he's played with, especially Pep Guardiola, he despises Pep Guardiola. Uh, he on the pitch, his antics are insane. Where his celebrations are kicking a guy's head, uh, off the pitch, his interviews, he's just very nonchalant and always like, oh, I'm, I'm Zlatan, I'm the best. And he always talks in third person. So Zlatan, 100% deserves to be on this on this list. But hey, he is one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly uh, with everything you said, and I think he he needs to be on this team uh, for sure. I don't. All right, so Lucas, I know that this player does not want to play out wide, but we're gonna play him as a striker. We're gonna go with three strikers out front. I do not believe that we can have this team without Mario Balotelli in it. Ah, yeah. This dude, he has to be in here. He has to be in here. Yeah, he has not done anything uh, really like crazy off the pitch where he's, I don't consider him a scumbag. I just consider him nuts, right? Yeah. Uh, same kind of thing as, as, uh, as Latan. And I just think that, you know, he's had uh, some crazy, crazy moments and done some really, really strange things. Uh, in 2010, he was photographed in the company of two noted mafia mobsters. Um, he, he he was throwing, I think he threw fireworks at a kid or darts or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. One of my favorite all-time quotes uh, by him is, "This <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, does the postman celebrate when he delivers the mail? You know, like that's him. <laughs> So, so I mean, it's uh, it's him. Uh, he he belongs in here. He deserves it, and I think that uh, he has not done as bad of the things that some of the players in our midfield have done because our midfield is kind of atrocious if you think about it. And uh, but I think he just belongs here just because of. His on-field antics, it's similar to Zlatan. Zlatan hasn't done anything bad off the pitch. His on-field antics, how cocky they are, how how arrogant they are. I mean, that that interview, that saying that he had, I mean, that just justifies him being on this list. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Mention, and I thought you were going to mention him. Luis Suarez. Yes. Racist, racist antics, biting people, just the hand, uh, the handball in the World Cup. I mean, everything about him. Everything. You know, you know what? I will, I will, I will, I had thought about Suarez, but he belongs with this team. So I will, can I switch Neymar out with him? I want to yeah. do that. Yeah, okay. that's fair. All right. So our, our disaster starting 11. Okay. Is there anyone who is managing this team other than Jose Mourinho? <laughs> no. Okay. So, Nobody so Jose. Mourinho's the coach, right? Mourinho's the coach. Our goalkeeper is Donnarumma. Our center backs are uh, Matarazzi, John Terry, and uh, who is the other one that you picked? I can't remember. Pepe. Pepe, you're right. Pepe. Midfield, Ryan Giggs, uh, Paul Pogba, Adrian Rabio, and Joe. then and then who? Joey Barton. Joey Barton, absolutely. And then our forwards are Luis Suarez, Latin Ibrahimovic, and uh, and um, who is it? Mario Balotelli. Yeah. So how far? All right. So how far does this team go in the Champions League? Oh, not far whatsoever. Just because no, Joey I, Barton, Joey Barton, and Rabio in the midfield is atrocious. No. Oh my God, this is gonna be crazy. All right. So I mean, that's our disaster starting eleven. Fantastic team, in my opinion. Fantastic team. I I had fun doing that. Our honorable mentions. Is there anyone else? I have a Cardi. Um, yeah. I, I have a Cardi. I have. I mean, Ronaldo. I think we'll, we'll get a shout here. Didier Drogba is another player who you can consider uh, dramatic and stuff. Um, I don't know. So many, so many divas out there in the world. So many crazy people and so many scumbags. What can you say? So many, so many. All right. With yeah. with that being said, uh, has anything happened? Since, since I've been refreshing, nothing has happened. But they're saying that Lissandro Martinez, there's going to be some updates within the next 24 to 48 hours. This is right. coming from the Telegraph, which is a Dutch uh, newspaper. So be on the lookout for that. Awesome. All right. Well, with that being said, I guess we have uh, nothing else to talk about. So that concludes. Oh, good. Enjoy that Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, have a great day. Enjoy them, Techers. So enjoy that 4th of July weekend, everybody. Yep. Have a good one.